Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey y'all, I'm Jules. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa, the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly, what's up? Well... <laughs> it's uh it's almost Halloween time and there is no Halloween. What do you mean there is no Halloween? Did the Grinch steal it? Yeah, they don't do Thanksgiving here either. Thanksgiving is a is an American holiday. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I, no pilgrims. We, we had dinner last night with friends from uh who had just moved here from Canada and they wished us a happy Canadian Thanksgiving because that was last night. And so we go straight into Christmas here. There's already Christmas stuff up which nobody's upset about because there's no holidays between here and there except for, you know, national holidays. And they've got Mother's Day, like December 10th here. So, yeah. <laughs> this is Panama, Panama, Panama. This no, is Panama, Panama. Panama. <laughs> which just tickles my funny bone because, you know, there's no Halloween. <laughs> there's not even a Day of the Dead. They're, they don't really, they don't even really do that. Yeah. Like no Halloween, no Samhain, no nothing, no no. Well, if you if you think about it, right, Samhain is uh, the ending of the year and the coming of the winter. We don't have it. I mean, you grow food year round here, right? It's the temperature is the same all the time. The only difference in quote unquote seasons is dry season versus rainy season. There's no Samhain because there's no coming of the cold. So there's no dying off of everything. 
And so, you know, this is one of the discussions that I've been having with one of the, the other shamans here. Uh, you know, he's also from the States. He's been here a year. So he's been a little longer on the, the land than I am. But, you know, we were talking about maybe doing some public ritual. And then we're like, well, we could do, you know, full moon, new moon, wheel of the year, something like that. And then he looked at me, he was like, wheel of the year. I, I don't think that would work here. He said, we, we really would have to sit in to conversation with the land to find out what, what the quarters and cross quarters are here, or if there are even quarters and cross quarters here, right? Because they're based on the seasons and we, you know, we've got dry and rainy and that's it. No fall fest, no corn mazes. Oh my God. Wait, no trick or treating? No trick or treating. However, it is a a, a tradition here to paint your house every year to have it ready for Christmas. (laughs) Wait, what? Just telling you. (laughs) This is what they do. They paint their houses every year. Inside or outside? Outside. The outside of your house, freshly painted for Christmas. Okay, so y'all better like party down serious for Christmas. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying it's something that, that they, that, you know, I haven't experienced it yet, obviously, but I was reading up on the, the traditions here. And that's one of the things that they do is to have their house ready for Christmas and uh, to, to paint it. Huh. Well, maybe that can be a, um, like as, as we get closer to Christmas and all that, you could clue us in on the tra- traditions there and, there might be a, a special Wheel of the Year Panama style. Who who knows? Not this year, because i got to figure this shit out. <laughs> well, somebody else is going to tell me, because I don't know. i gotta, I got to feel into this, and Baru and I are still coming into relationships. So, you know, that, that's, that's the volcano that I live on, and for those of you who didn't know that. Um, yeah, I moved on to the side of a volcano. Hmm, no, don't don't put the chaos witch who works with the primordial ooze of life on the edge of a volcano. That would be a really awesome idea. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> bad can happen there. Whoa. It's not like there's power to yes. tap into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, it's so funny. I was talking to Heather, um, and for those of you who haven't gotten to interact with Heather yet, she's our uh, enrollment specialist, and and. Uh, and my virtual assistant. And she is, she was telling me, she's like, yeah, I've really noticed that you have changed since you got there. She said that, you know, the, the little things that used to bug me before I left, she was like, yeah, nothing bothers you now. It all just rolls off your back, like water off a deck. And she's just like, you're like, eh, whatever, it'll be fine. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's impossible to be upset here. You know, it, it just is. It, it's just, there's something in the land that just chills you right the fuck out. It's crazy. It's awesome. It's amazing. And there's not the angst that's going on in the U.S. I got to tell you, there's a huge amount to be said for not being in the angst that's going on in the U.S. with all of the, the divide and everything. It's been huge to not be in that, despite all the filtering I had done on it in my war- in my words, right? But yeah, so I've been inspired since I've been down here and I went to an event uh, a few like a week ago and uh, spoke to some people. And I mentioned that I did sound healing and they got all excited. They were practitioners. They were healing practitioners, holistic practitioners, and they were super excited. And they were like, do you teach people how to do that? And I'm like, well, yeah, I've done that, but 
up until now, it's just been the ritualists for my program, for the retreats that we run. It's the ritualists who are being trained to do that. But they were like, would you teach us? And I'm like, you know, that's not a bad idea. So I have spent the last couple of days putting together the details of what I am planning. At the moment, the plan is, although it may be a little longer than this, because I'm looking at how much I combined together for the, for the ritualist team. And I'm like, you know what, I really would like to pick that apart and make, you know, go a little deeper into each piece um, for, for something at this scale. So I'm at the moment, it's three months, it might be four. Okay, as I start to pick things apart and do things in more great, more detail and give people more exercises to try and practice, right? Um, but I want to do a shamanic vocal sound healing certification program. And this is where you learn how to do the sound healings that I've done on the podcast. Oh, wow. And yeah, where you learn how to do that, you learn how to do it vocally over you know, like you can do recordings like I did, or you can do it in a group scenario, or you can do it one-on-one. There's lots of different ways to integrate this work. Uh, the really nice thing about this work as a healer is that you're not trading your time for money. You can do a one-to-many work, right? And you can do the recordings, which you could then sell to people or do at a distance or whatever over Zoom. You don't have to be in physical space with them. Although I will say being in physical space is really nice. I really prefer to be in physical space. But you can work alone. You can work with others. Um, and so combining your voices to create a more complex and, and significant impact and and to work on larger groups. Do do I have to be a good singer? Because I'm not, and I sound like a dying calf in a, in a hailstorm. Well, you have listened to my sound healings. How much of them are actually really pretty singing? Not at all. No, because uh-uh. you well now you hit some notes that I don't know on God's green earth how you hit those notes, but because uh, child they go low and you know you know I, they go low and you, all these other noises. It, if you are a trained singer, does it help or does that not even matter because of hitting said tones or things? So if you're a trained singer, then you will have a little bit of a leg up. But I I actually provide. Uh, singing advice and, you know, not really singing advice, but instrument advice for your voice and your body as part of the, the program. So you basically get some singing training as part of the program because it helps you to utilize your voice in a more efficient way. And so, you know, it helps you to develop the strength in your voice. It helps you to be able to make the, the sounds that you want to make. So make sure that you're only flat when you want to be flat or you're sharp when you want to be sharp or, you know, all of that. Uh, it also talks to you about physicality and how that impacts your sound and uh, how, where you hold your voice, you know, where you're putting your voice in your head and how that impacts it using greater and lesser, lesser vocal folds. So we use one for speaking and the other one is like apes for grunting, right? And how you can use those in your sound healing practice. And there's so many different aspects to this. It is such a, a rich and varied landscape, which is why it's going to take me three or four months to teach you all of the basics, right? And then we will come together in Panama for a five-day retreat in which 
we will take it to the next level. So you'll get a chance to practice with other practitioners. You'll get a chance to work directly with me and I will coach you on your process. We'll do a huge amount of sound healing back and forth for each other and debrief all of those experiences so that you'll have all of that knowledge from those debriefs to use for your purposes. You'll get a structured outline of how to run your own shamanic vocal sound healing process uh, and and circle so that you can do a one-to-many healing process and it teaches you you know a whole outline of what to talk about in advance to prep everybody for the experience and how to set up the room and how to do everything associated with it and you'll get a marketing piece that's designed to help you promote it so that you can just plug and play uh, there's there's so much that this process is going to provide and you know we'll talk about the marketing aspect and I will do a sound healing on everyone there. Uh, and then we will debrief that as well. And you'll get to see some more advanced techniques that you can learn later on because, you know, you got to get the basics down, <laughs> but you can learn some more advanced techniques that you could bring in later on. It's, it's, it's going to be freaking amazing. And I'm, I, I haven't established where I'm holding it yet, but I'm talking with a retreat center that's got amazing stuff. You know, they've got jacuzzis and infrared saunas and, you know, steam rooms and, and it's, it's everything, every place here is absolutely stunningly beautiful. We're in the cloud forest. That's what they call the area around us. And so you'll get a chance to see Panama the way that I've been talking about it, right? And the volcano and, you live on. Yes. Yes, the volcano I live on. Yeah. So I'm super excited about it. I have not set the dates yet, but if you want to know when it's happening, uh, then sign up for the mailing list at kellysparta.com. And just you can, if you wait 30 seconds, I think there's a pop-up that says, hey, you want to join the mailing list? And you go, yeah. Or you can just click on the button and download the boundaries for empaths program, which is a free download, download on the homepage. But we're going to do everything from setting space to doing the healing to debriefing the healing to the whole nine yards. We're, we're going to jointly set the container together for the entire retreat and jointly take that down at the end. So you'll get a, a sense of how that feels to be in transformational space, healing space the entire time. It's going to be amazing. Now, is this I, I kind of picture this in my head um, more of a um, is it going to be a big group or more of like a smaller, intimate? It group? is a small group. So that, that's the feeling I was getting is that small, intimate. Kind yeah, of it'll depend on the venue as to how many people. But even if I ended up at a large venue, I would cap this at about 20 people. The venue I'm talking to right now caps at 11 so it's going to be a small group, no matter what. The, my, my primary choice for venue has got 11 rooms, which might, might be able to squeeze in a few more people. I'm not sure how the bed setup is, but, uh, and if somebody's coupled up and can share a bed or whatever, that's fine too. But it'll be somewhere around between the like 10 and 20 range. And I'll let you guys know as I've established the venue. Literally, I decided to do this like day before yesterday. So... I'm just, I'm, I'm letting you know it's coming and that it'll fill up fast. So I also haven't set the pricing yet. So don't ask me because I've got to figure out how long it's going to be. You know, we're going to do twice monthly coaching calls. We're going to have an online discussion group. There's going to be a learning platform with all the content and, you know, all that stuff. And it depends on, you know, is it three months? Is it four months? Right now I'm playing with that. And then, you know, I'm also looking at offering some 
bonuses for people who want to come in and do foundations and energetics first if they don't have the basics and how to how to take care of themselves energetically. So there'll be some discounts available on those as well. So lots and lots of cool stuff coming. Lots of cool stuff down the pipe. Absolutely. Yes. And if this particular one goes well, I will likely continue doing this with more of my personal training and work that I do around divination, channeling, mediumship, uh, you know, all the cool stuff, right? Shamanic healing, you name it, it'll probably be in there. And we'll do it in this same format because this, this format feels really good to me. And, and this, the sound healing works with a lot of different healing modalities, correct? It's just kind of like a, another add-on talent, skill, not talent, skill, you know, that, that you can have. I often combine it with coaching. I often combine it with uh, energy healing. So if you're a Reiki person, this would be a great add-on to a Reiki session, that sort of thing. Any sort of hands-on process, if you do acupressure or acupuncture or anything like that, sound healing can really... I said acupuncture. I've never done it with acupuncture, but my my guys just went, it would be amazing with acupuncture. And I'm like, okay. So yeah, the, the vibration on the needles would be amazing. I just got chills. So yeah, mine said yes. Yes, right? <laughs> yes. So lots of really cool ways that it can be integrated. And uh, it, it's it's unlike when you have to, you know, most sound healings that you hear about, you go singing bowls, right? And the poor sound healers in those events have to drag these singing bowls all over, set them up, tear them down, hope they don't break, blah, 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 blah. I just was like, oh my God, I can't. So this is what I developed right, was this process. And it is a process that I personally developed, which is why I am offering the certification in it. And I have been developing it over the last 25 years. So I have been honing it and practicing it and, and, you know, really getting it down to a fine art. And it's combining a lot of physicality, a lot of vocal training, a lot of everything that I've learned. Ultimately, you will also have the ability to potentially channel additional support for that. Like I channel ancient shamans when I do this work. I'm not teaching that this round because I want to make sure people are prepared to hold that energy first. But there will be another round in which I will train that if I get people through this who want that. I want to make sure the container solid, that you're not getting random people you don't expect coming through, then you do end up or things and you end up doing damage instead of doing good. You know, that's that's the worst for a healer, right? So, you know, all of this and more. Well, that is extremely exciting. Um, so y'all go out, sign up so you can hear about this and you can know right when it's starting because it's gonna be limited seating available, limited reservations for that. Yeah. And if you know you want to do this and you want me to make sure you get first dibs when you sign up on the mailing list, or if you are already on the mailing list, just send me an email at kelly at kellysparta.com and say, I want in. And and I will put you on the list and you will get first notice before it goes out to everybody else. So how's that for a bonus for listening to the podcast? Thank you. I love you. Yes. All right. So today we are talking about body acceptance from the spiritual perspective. 
Okay, so accepting our bodies as they are, coming out of COVID and the extra, you know, 30 pounds I personally put on. Well, you know, between that and hitting menopause, I'm, you know, I'm not the size four competition ballroom dancer I used to be. Hmm. So. (laughs) I don't think any of us are. Yeah, damn hormones. Yeah. So, (laughs) so what is your definition of body acceptance on on that spiritual? Am I kind of hitting it or? Um, yeah, I mean, here's, here's the thing. Okay. When you deny your body, when you don't love your body, your body is the vessel through which you do your magic. And it is exactly what it needs to be for exactly who you are right now. So for instance, I have been very heavy for a while now. And part of that is because I carry massive amounts of energy and I need to ground somehow, okay? And having the extra weight allows me to be more grounded, which allows me to hold more energy, which allows me to be more grounded, right? So it's, it's this this circular thing. Wait, seriously? I didn't oh, yeah. know that. yeah. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So, so I'm better now at holding energy, and or my body is right has the capability. So, where you know when I was you know 99 pounds, <laughs> you know dripping wet, you know I'm <clears throat> more than that now. So now, so I now what, what I want. <laughs> yeah, <that's all> right. <laughs> yes. So with what I want to do, like I'm getting more into the magical part of it and holding energy and doing Reiki healing and all that. So my body is actually better equipped for that than it was before. You're naturally more grounded when you weigh more, okay? Because it's literally you're held down to the ground with more force, right? Now, over time, you can learn to shift that. And, you know, I think that's part of what's happening here. I've just been dropping weight since I got here. They say that that's pretty common when you move here. Uh, I've dropped 10, 15 pounds since I've been here. I don't have a scale, so I have no idea. But I can tell you my pants are falling off. So, yeah, it's about 10 or 15 pounds, right? Um, And I haven't tried. I want to be really clear. I'm eating lots of pastry. So... (laughs) I have not tried. And the really good chocolate, they've got, oh my God, such good chocolate here. So uh, yeah, it's amazing. And so, you know, when you learn to shift your energy, you can drop the weight, right? But you have to learn how to do that. And, And for most people, they find that it's often useful to just have the extra weight initially. Uh, it also tends to show up as a defense mechanism uh, for people who feel unsafe because the heavier you are, the less likely people even notice you in our in the U.S. culture. That's not true in other cultures. <laughs> Trust me, I went to the Bahamas. I was very noticed <laughs> because in the Bahamas, I, my body type is more the, you know, the body type that they want. So... But uh, but in the U.S. culture, you can become almost invisible by being fat. So it's it's one of those very interesting things. But fat or thin, it doesn't really matter. You really do have to be you have to embrace your body because your body is the vehicle through which you do your work. 
It's the portal through which you transfer the, the energetic into the physical, right? And so when you don't accept a piece of your body, then you remove that part from being able to be of service in that, in that fashion, right? So I've, I've done quite a few clothing optional workshops, events, whatever, where, you know, I'm walking around naked in my body and my body is a big body, right? And I've stood in a circle with people and they're like, how are you feeling about your body? And I'm like slapping my belly and grabbing onto it and shaking it. And it's like, it's a bowl full of jelly, right? (laughs) Yeah, baby. You know, my five-year-old's going, I'm just like Santa Claus. Look at me, right? (laughs) And, and, you know, and I'm like, yeah, my big body gives me massive boobs and I love my massive boobs, right? And and big hips and a big juicy butt, right? And it's like, I can enjoy that. And if you've ever snuggled up with a woman or a man of size, you know, we are soft and cuddly. We are very soft and cuddly. There are no bony bits. Yes, no one wants to snuggle a pencil. Well, you know, now I want to say that there are other benefits to being skinny right? There are other benefits. So, you know, you don't have the the soft and snuggly bit, but you have other benefits. So, you know, I don't want to body shame anybody. You know, I I don't want to body shame anybody because that's not the point. The point is, and I'm sharing my experience, I have been very thin. I have been so thin that I had a a, a, um, teacher in high school who came up to me and said, I'm worried that you are anorexic. And I said, I appreciate the concern, but by definition, I'm not. And he said, why? I said, because I don't think I'm fat. I think I'm hot. (laughs) I was 16, 15. What do you expect? And he was like, yeah, you're not anorexic. I'm like, yeah, not anorexic. But I appreciate the concern and I will pay more attention to eating. It's just I'm forgetting to eat, right? And so, you know, and I put on 15 pounds in the next year and nobody ever had that problem with me again. But... But yeah, so I've been really skinny and I was going to be a model and everything else. And and I got a lot of unwanted attention from men and it made me very uncomfortable. And when I started putting on a little weight, a lot of that came down. And I was much happier with that because at the time I did not know how to deal with it. Today, I would know how to deal with it. But back then, I didn't know. When I left 20 pounds on extra, you know, I was perfectly happy with that. There's a lot of things culturally that we deal with with our bodies. And a lot of them are a problem because of our lack of boundaries, because of our lack of ability to speak up for ourselves, because of men's inability to grasp the concept that our bodies are not for their pleasure. <laughs> Hello? Yes. Uh, you know, all of this. Or, or live up, or especially in the U.S., I'll say, you know, it's, it's always live up to the Hollywood's image that they portray in all that. And, and that's changing, too, you know. Um, but, you know, the, the, the pinup, the, the whatever, and growing up and, you know, and all that. And it's so funny. And with us, even like myself, you know, I turned 50. So, you know, I'm not 18 anymore. But even with women, as we get older, it's like, oh, we need this cream, that cream, this eye lift, this, that, da, 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 da. And then what do men do? Men just age gracefully. That's the perception. What, wherever you are in your life, the, the message that I'm hearing is just love your body and embrace it. Right. 
one of the greatest gifts that was ever given to me in my lifetime was I was walking down the street in El Centro, California in high school. And this group of 40 something women walked by and I was like, you know, 15, 16. And I was with a couple of my friends and this one woman from the group looks at us as she walks by and she says, this is the most attractive you will ever be. This is the best your body will ever look. Appreciate it while you can. And then just kept walking. And I just was like, uh, yeah, valid point. Off we go. And I would strip naked every day and go, wow, my body is beautiful. And it was like the best thing she ever gave me as I ever got as a gift from a random stranger. And she was right. And, you know, this, this BS that we do with like nitpicking every little thing, right? I actually was trying to be a, a model back in the day. And I went in for one modeling consult and quit the business because I went in and I was gorgeous. I mean, stunning. And they, I walked in and they said, your upper lip is too small and your nose is too sharp. And I walked out and said, if I stay in this business, I'm going to hate my body in a year and I'm out. I wasn't going to do it. I was just like, cause I had never even noticed my upper lip was too thin. I was like, I'd never even noticed my upper lip was thin. <laughs> it's just like, who knew? But evidently, it was a thing. So this is the way in which we criticize ourselves or we accept criticism from others. And I'm going to encourage you right now to stop it because your body is exactly what it needs to be. And you picking at it is not going to make it better. Okay. So looking at that extra love handle, whatever, I will tell you something. I'll tell you a secret, girls. Okay. And guys, okay. if your person comes up and squeezes your love handles, that's means they really like them. <laughs> okay. If your love handles get a good squeeze, that means they like it. So don't take it like, oh, I've got love handles to squeeze. No, no, no. <laughs> That's a compliment. Take it. Take it. Run with it. And I mean, I'm, I think a lot of what we've talked about has been simply about body positivity, right? But I also want to talk about spirituality and how that plays into it, right? It's not just about, you know, the magic comes through your vessel. It's also there is some magic that you cannot do without your body and, and being specifically sex magic, right? Now, we haven't ever talked about sex magic on the podcast, but... Uh, but can is, we? <laughs> I'll add it to the list. <laughs> so there, there is such a thing as sex magic and using the energy of orgasm to create uh, a manifestation, which if you are in a state of, oh, my body sucks, and or you're up in your head and you can't get to orgasm because you're too busy up in your head, which happens to a lot of women, then you know, you're not going to be able to do that magic at all. If you're in a room with a partner and you're trying to do sex magic together and you're too concerned about, you know, who's controlling what and, you know, can I be vulnerable in front of this person? And, you know, can I let, let my pleasure show because then they have power over me, you know, all of these things, then that's going to be a nope to the sex magic, right? There's a lot of different ways in which that can get broken because you are not 
comfortable in your own skin. And that's really what this comes down to, right? We do a lot of work in the Inner Peace Program and in the Mastering Spiritual Evolution Program about getting getting comfortable with your environment and getting comfortable with who you are and getting comfortable with what you choose and setting your boundaries and all of that. And ultimately, it's about getting comfortable in your own skin. And body positivity is included in that. You have to be comfortable in your physical skin in addition to your mental, emotional, spiritual skin. That is part and parcel to being able to be a solid, powerful, purposeful person in the world. As we're doing that, I would assume that that would also, if we're not liking our bodies, the physical, that that would also cause blocks in our chakras and then um, affect like any kind of energy healing work or anything like that, that we're trying to do. When you are denying aspects of your body, you will not receive healing for that part of your body. Okay. So let's say I'm going in for a Reiki session for myself and I'm like, oh yes, I'm so ready for the Reiki, bring it on Reiki. But yet internally, I really don't like my butt. I think my butt's too big. I'm just hating on my butt wish my butt wasn't there, which I had no butt, you know, separate from no acetal, you know, that's, I want my butt to go away. So that's going to affect how I receive that Reiki or if I don't like my stomach or whatever. The stomach is more likely because uh, typically in Reiki, you're going to be on your back and your belly facing up. And so you're less likely to be paying attention to the fact that you don't like your butt because it's not showing. Whereas if you are having problems with your belly if you're not happy with your belly and you've got solar plexus work or second chakra work to be done, sacral work, you're going to have a hard time with that because, you know, the practitioner is going to have their hands over your belly. You're going to be self-conscious about your belly. You know, if, if you've got big enough issues around it, then that will show up, right? Not always. Sometimes you can get yourself out of it, but third chakra is often about not good enough, right? There's a reason it exists in the belly. Because that's the place where we feed ourselves. It's the place where we we hold our young if we're if we're uh, women, right? Um, it's the place where we are most in our center, and so the belly is often the most maligned part of our body. People are like, "Oh, my belly!" Especially women who've had children, and now their bellies are all wrinkled or saggy or whatever. I see a lot of that, right? There was uh, Elisa Starkweather years ago ran a conference called the Belly and Womb Conference, and it was specifically to help support the belly, right? And so, you know, she had a lot of content around that in the in the workshop, and I got to see a lot of the wounds that women hold around these things. And so, the belly is a big one. Yeah, the butt's a big one too. But we don't often in a in a healing context, we don't often Unless you're getting a massage, your butt's not usually showing in a healing context. Your butt's not a, a factor. But, you know, if you've got a scar on your face or if you have, you know, if you're just overweight in general and you're uncomfortable in the space or if you're underweight in general and you're uncomfortable in the space or, you know, I mean, if you're not, if you're not comfortable, if you are focusing on your discomfort over receiving the energy that's being offered, you're going to have a problem receiving it because you're going to be focusing, 
the energy on your unhappiness instead of on your happiness and your healing. And it, and it kind of seems to tie in also with other um, topics that you've covered on the podcast um, and in the programs, whereas we need to live by our own definitions of things and not other people's definitions and our own expectations, our, live your own uh, path. You know, stand stop trying to j- jump over to somebody else's path yeah. that they now, want for I'm you. hearing people you going, know? how do I do this? <laughs> so I, I need to address that, right? So body positivity is simply that. It is you stop bitching about shit, right? Seriously, you've just got to cut the bit. Quit your bitching, right? You stop complaining about whatever it is, right? If you If you don't like your butt, let's use your example. If you don't like your butt, well, then let's think about what does your butt do for you? Your butt provides you a comfortable place to sit. It provides locomotion for your legs. It provides a foundational support for your the, the foundation of your body. And it holds the kundalini, which lives at the base of your spine. Okay. When you say, I hate my butt, you are denying the kundalini that lives at the base of your spine. What's a kundalini? Okay. So kundalini is the snake that's the energy snake that's coiled at the base of your spine. And when they talk about uh, your, your um, opening the kundalini or kundalini rising, that's the snake coming up your spine and, and going back and forth past the chakras and coming up to your, your head and providing you with full access to all of your energy source. And so when you deny that energy, you're restricting the energy that you can hold. So you want to re, reimagine and reframe the thing that you've been finding a problem with and find things to enjoy about it. Okay. Now somebody's going to say, well, I've got this horrible scar on my face and I don't know who you are out there, but I'm hearing you. So there's somebody in the listening audience who has this because it keeps showing up in my awareness. And so the scar on your face, the scar, any, any scars we have on our bodies, ladies and gentlemen, and you know, any scars we have on our bodies are the story of our lives. They are the storybook written on our skin and they tell us where we've been. And if someone doesn't embrace our scar, then they don't embrace us. They don't embrace who we've been. They don't embrace our story. So your scar is part of you. It's not something that marred you. It is something that is holding a memory for you. You know, these are the things that you you want to pay attention to is find a way to reframe, find a way to, to reconnect with that part of you that may not be ideal. So, or in your mind, ideal right? Many years ago, when I would strip naked in front of the, the mirror in when I was 16, 15, I had this one part of my hip would divot in. And I just loved that part of my hip that divoted in, right? I'd lay on my side and I could see the divot. And, my, you know, I was just like, oh, that's so cool. I love that part of my body. I don't have a divot in anymore. Okay? It doesn't, it, it divots way the fuck out, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I have found other things about my body to appreciate. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah, I don't have that dividend anymore. I'm not that person anymore. It's okay. It's okay. Right. 
I don't have to. My body lets me dance, which I love to do. And I know you relate, <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know, I go to all these events uh, I've, over the years. I've gone to all these events and people inevitably, because they, they play music in between and people inevitably come up and say, how is it that you're so comfortable in your body? Cause I will just, you know, I will just dance. I will groove, baby. I will groove. And if there are people on stage dancing, I'm up on the stage with them dancing. Absolutely. And I'm there it, with you. Right. But no one else has people walk up to them and say, how is it that you're so comfortable in your body? And it's because I'm the fat girl on the stage. And they're like, how can you be so happy in that skin? And I'm like, because I don't accept anybody else's judgment of it. Right, because it's my skin, and I love my body, and it's a pleasure palace, and it does wonderful things for me and getting me around, and you know I get to dance in it, and I get to hug in it, and I get to I get to feel in it. Why would I not love my body? It is my interface into the physical world, and that that's powerful, and there's power in that. That's that is that is the the essence of owning your power. And that's, that's kind of, that just popped into my head. Um, you know, if you deny who you are, you didn't, you, you know, nitpick everything about your body in the spiritual world, you're not owning your power because you're not being true to yourself. Right. Well, and, and there's a gratitude piece that you're missing out on, right? What do we talk about with wanting to manifest our reality? We talk about gratitude, being grateful for if you are bitching about your body, then you're not being grateful for your health. You're not being grateful for your ability to move. You're not being grateful for what you have in your body. And the energy of that is literally putting dis-ease in your body because you are putting negativity into your own physical form. That's really not optimal. That's making noise all up in our energy field. Is that part of maybe the like ego trying to prevent us from getting to our full potential or is that not usually, usually, usually it's internalized uh, judgment from other people um, or our own judgment that we've placed on others being reflect, you know, us reflecting that back. So, you know, that would be the other piece of the body image thing is stop judging other people's bodies. Okay. Uh, You know, Initially, the answer is, if you can't help yourself, find only positive judgments. But ideally, ultimately, stop judging, right? Because any judgment you make of someone else, you are going to reflect back to yourself. You're going to assume other people are making similar judgments about you. And, you know, and we all we all have things that we go through each day, things that we go through in our life. You know, um, you know, someone may not have two legs. They may only have one or none or who knows, or a bad heart or, you know, whatever different, you know, things going on, you know, still stop and smell the roses and have that gratitude. And don't assume that just because those things are true, that you can't have certain things, right? So like, you know, I've lost a leg or I'm ugly. I can't have love, right? I will tell you that I had a friend who had one leg and was the blubby kind of fat and was she had like very thinning hair like you could see her scalp through her blonde hair and she had very few teeth and she was 
mid to late sixties at the time I knew her, she's passed now, but, and she would not mind me using this description about her, by the way, I just want to say that very clearly because she was very clear about who she was, but she regularly bedded the hottest guys in their twenties regularly because she was a powerful witch. And as she was fond of saying, as she popped her teeth out, this is awesome for other things. (laughs) I'm just saying, do not make assumptions because this woman was physically unappealing in, in like every way you can imagine, but she was highly appealing in every other way. Right. And the only reason she could hold that is because she accepted all of who she was. She told an amazing story about how she lost her leg to find her joy. I mean, amazing story. And so, you know, every piece of her was part of her journey. Every, everything that existed as part of her body was her. And so when you embrace it, when she embraced it, that's all people saw was what she embraced. She glowed. Oh, my God. (laughs) She just looked at her and you're like, "Mm, girlfriend's got some shit, man. You're like, ow. Right. And you were probably people were drawn to that because they wanted to be around that energy. And it's like, okay, she's the cool chick. We want to go hang with her because if she's the one I'm thinking of, it's like they always had people in her tent and she'd have to go give like the young young ones like, oh, go smudge nature. That's, you know, y'all are at a retreat. And it's in a 20 mile radius, just go smudge. And so just to get some quiet and in her tent. <laughs> yeah, that was her. I would have loved to have met her. Oh, oh my, my gosh. I would have loved to have met she her. She was also a little nuts, just so you know. <laughs> she was a little nuts. She was a little, you know, she, girlfriend threatened to call down a, a tornado on somebody she was pissed at. And she could have. So we had to talk her down from that. Well, Kathy did. So, yeah. You got to... <laughs> It's going to be like, you know, she, she had her ups and downs, but you know, she was an amazing person. Amazing person. I'm so, I, I am a better person for having known her. So, yeah. yeah. Well, let's see. What kind of very cool Kellyism do you have for today? Oh, make your body the beloved in your life. Okay. We go, we get a little sexy with that. We, uh, we got we sex get magic. Sexy. We're talking about body. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's Hello? what I'm saying. We got sex magic. We got the best chocolates in Panama. Mm. We 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 got the badass witch with the mm-hmm when she takes her teeth out. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a, 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 a good one for children. <laughs> that's all right. We'll Robert Mark explicit. Fuck it. Hell yeah, you know. <laughs> It's all good. Bitches, we're going to embrace our bodies. That's yeah. it. <laughs> that's it. Oh, well, kiddos, that's all that we have time for this week. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next time when Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Jules, here with Kelly Sparta, and you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Bye. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon. Within my car, I'm all alone. But feeling good and feeling strong. Knowing
Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.